0: hello again and welcome to the inner call podcast my name is fleur this is the place to be if you are living an intuitive life if you are wanting to explore who you are on all realms of your being so thank you for being here today is another exciting guest and his name is trev kaminsky he's an american poet and a content creator and he is a published author of the book orangutan teeth. I found him on Instagram, which is a cool place to find somebody because you get to know their work through their content. And in this case, Trev is a content creator. And one of the things that I found so inspiring about him is that he really doesn't seem to play to the rules that everybody else does. It's a hard thing to put into words, but I think you're going to find that to be true in our conversation. It's always incredibly refreshing to meet somebody who just isn't really playing the game the way that everybody else seems to, isn't prioritizing the same things, isn't trying to mold themselves into a version of what somebody else thinks they should be. And it's incredibly exciting when that person is a young person and is on social media and has an incredible following of people who identify with that, you know, who are walking to the beat of their own drum, doing their own thing, finding the artistic expression of their life in all ways. It's hugely, hugely inspiring. I find poetry such an interesting form of expression because it allows for a freestyle and a deep connection to emotions. You know, I came across a quote, I believe, about poetry the other day that really spoke to me because I love poetry myself. And it was something along the lines and I might butcher it here, but it was something along the lines of, poetry doesn't make any sense until you experience a huge emotion, a huge thing that shakes your world and puts you upside down and right side up and the poem and the search for the poem to know that someone has felt what you have felt to see the words and go, wow, they know the feeling of this. It's in unexplainable. It's untappable. I don't even know how to put this into words. And then to read somebody else's words and say, but they know how to put this into words and to feel seen in that moment or to feel connected to the human experience. Like that is what poetry is about. It's for the moment where you think no one will understand and then somebody's been there, right? It's this collective awareness of how we live our lives and what it means to be human, both in the triumph of love and the inability almost to put love into words and the way that it just lights your whole being up. But then also in the deep, deep states of grief and this feeling of loneliness in a collective society that makes everybody else look like they're living picture perfect lives on Instagram, for example. So how wonderful when my now dear friend Trevor puts himself on Instagram with deep feelings, with deep thoughts that are his own and walks to the beat of his own drum, making us all feel a little bit more seen and heard and understood on the deepest of levels. I'm excited to introduce you to him. We're doing another part one, part two this week. So part one will be this week and we talk about his background and we get into the flow state a little bit. We also talk about highly sensitive person things Um, and maybe you will see yourself in both Trevor and I in that conversation. And then part two next week continues with flow state. Part two also really speaks to this Um, walking to the beat of his own drum stuff. So definitely check that out next week. And for now,
1: enjoy our conversation. Hi, how are you?
2: I'm doing pretty good this morning. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, doing good. So excited? This is your first podcast ever, right?
2: It is my first time doing anything like this.
1: That's exciting. Thanks for being here.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too.
1: The intention of us looking at you following your own truth, you following your own inner call, and that i feel you just naturally do as an artist. Being an artist in the world is not the easiest path to take, i think for any artist. So, mm-hmm. let's just start there. You know, what does it feel like to yeah, to man. really get to say that you're an artist because because you are, you're a poet?
2: It feels really weird, especially when i say the word poet, because it almost wasn't my intention i guess but it's definitely something i've always has been a part of me like that's always been a part of my personality and things i did was just creative things which was kind of nice because i don't think i realized it until like friends of mine pointed out to me like Mm. throughout school and i don't know that always felt really nice because that was a part of me that i was really starting to you know kind of love
1: yeah when they when you say they pointed it out to you what does that look like
2: well i had some really good friends who be pretty blunt i guess or like it would be like projects in high school you know what i mean i was maybe because i wasn't very good at like the school side of it so they'd be like hey trap can you join our team because we can't think of any ideas for the more creative side of it or i did a lot of videos and a lot of videos in high school i mean my brother used to like run backwards while we were filming like jump off of vans and things and that way when you put it in reverse it would look like we would jump really high and it was always kind of nice hearing from from people that they thought that was really cool and that you know, they were going to think of just spending time like that. Mm.
1: Did you, when you say you weren't really good at the other school stuff, how did you get to know that? What made you go, oh, I'm really <laughs> not good at this part?
2: Oh, man, that's a heartbreaking moment for kids. It is like that moment in like sixth grade where you kind of realize they're like, hmm, maybe this isn't clicking for me. It was math was a big one. And that's a pretty common one for a lot of people where it's just, and I was uh, terrified of like seventh grade because- I thought that was the moment I was actually going to have to start really paying attention. I couldn't focus in class when it came to those things. I just have memories of, of sitting down there and being like, today's the day I'm going to focus and I'm going to listen to every word that this teacher is saying. And like, but I'm saying that to myself while they were teaching the subject. And so, yeah, it felt pretty bad for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, That's not, no kid wants to feel like that. So it was really nice when I got to learn some of my strengths as Mm. opposed to my weaknesses.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. The finding of the strength within it. Do you you identify as then of having like ADD or just a really sensitive nervous system? Like, is there a part of you that feels that you, that attention?
2: Especially nowadays when I look back on it and realize just how much I had a hard time focusing on certain things. I, I wouldn't be surprised because, yeah, that was most of my most of my high school experience was just daydreaming in classes. But it was a thing that I also really enjoyed about myself. Like, I really was really happy. To me, it was, I didn't consider it daydreaming. I thought it was patience for some reason, because I remember waiting in uh, offices. My dad would, for some reason, take me around with my brother and be like, wait here. And I was really happy that I could just wait in the room for like an hour or however long he was gone, and I didn't have to... You know, while my brother was really, you know, he hated it. He hated just sitting still, and hated, you know, if he didn't have anything to do, he would go mad. Um, but I, I really was happy that I could do that. I could just mm-hmm. sit there and be like, I don't know, look at this chair, and things like that. But unfortunately, I couldn't turn it off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reason. Well, the reason I ask is because so much of my own work currently has been this awareness that when the nervous system is sensitive, it can, of course, result in things like ADD or anxiety or anything that kind of creates a stress in the nervous system. And then when the stress is an overwhelm, it results in something that we identify that looks like that. But then also that highly sensitive nervous system allows for that person to be deeply artistic, deeply intuitive, but the two kind of go hand in hand. And what I feel like is so interesting at this point in our understanding of human biology and also our nervous system states is that we're finding more and more and more it's the thing of like ADD and anxiety that's just a symptom perhaps or like a consequence of a highly, ner- highly mm. sensitive nervous system. It's not actually like a disease in and of okay, itself, yeah, yeah. which is so fascinating. So it, for me, it's like regardless of whether mm-hmm, you want to mm-hmm. identify as that or not, it sounds like you're a highly sensitive person. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. My mom always said I was sensitive and it made me cry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, but it's beautiful because, because I feel like it's that population and it might be something for you to, to even look into, to be honest for yourself. It's called a highly sensitive person. There's a lot of research on it. 20% of the population, their nervous system is regulated in that way. The other 80% don't really operate in this high sensitivity, but as you're speaking, I'm like, oh, you so fit the mold because...
2: So what would what would the, the sensitivity, what exactly would that mean, I guess, in that instance?
1: Yeah, is? it's that you are at a higher sensitivity to your environment or to emotions because mm-hmm. it can go in a lot of different routes, right? The high sensitivity profile can be a heightened response to either internal emotions or external stimuli or both. Okay. So there is an awareness that goes beyond what other people are perceiving. And there's many different categories of how a highly sensitive person interacts with their environment. But the identifiers are usually that there is a high sensitivity to your environment, that that is difficult to follow predictable routines or mm-hmm. having to do something in a very specific way. Generally, uh, people with high sensitivity need a lot more alone time. They need time to recharge. They get affected by other people's emotions. They're very sensitive sometimes to the aesthetics of things, even like fabrics or colors. Your face, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a. Big, that, th- those are two things that are, especially with the alone time, that's always been a big thing. Some people have a hard time understanding, because everybody likes to be alone, but there's a certain degree but like, I remember realizing that that was one of my most favorite things, is just having an empty house and being completely alone in it. And I would have people be like, oh, you can work on your stuff. I'm just going to be in the other room or I'm just going to be you know, in the room. Uh, and I'd always explain, I was like, no, it's like a weird energy thing where it's like, I, I know you're thinking over there. And I don't know if it's that or if it's just that I, yeah, I just love the pace and, you know, yeah, there's something about, yeah, just complete solitude when it's a choice anyways. That's really really i don't know if it's relaxing relaxing is a good good word for it but um it's just a different environment that i really feel at home in.
1: i understand it i mean me too and i think what's what's so interesting about that high sensitivity profile is that it very often comes hand in hand with the ability to be intuitive the ability to have this inner voice that needs to be spoken or mm. uh, expressed through the arts, that there's a sensitivity to understanding your own emotions and others. And that really brings us to you being a poet.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Because a lot of the stuff I feel like I've written isn't really planned out, which is always kind of nice. It always just, I don't know. I think in, in in the intro of my book, I wrote it down that it's like sneezes to me where it's just like, you feel like you have to sneeze. And it's kind of just sitting there, and just comes up, and then there it is. I guess
1: that's great. Do you want to read one of your poems?
2: Yeah, yeah, I can do that. I think I um, I have one picked out here from the book, actually. Um, I thought this one might be a decent one for your podcast and kind of it. So it's called Faith, and I'll just read it.
1: Yeah.
3: I've met men with faith as strong as bricks. And they can build houses with it. They can kill their neighbors with it. They can. Hold it tight and drown themselves in the river with it. I can't build anything. I've got faith like Swiss cheese holes all over it. I can't even drown myself. I don't believe in God, but I don't not. Is he who you say is or who I say? Because if he's who you say, then I've never met him. I don't believe in love, But I don't not. Is it what you say it is or what I say? If it's what you say, then I've never felt it. I don't believe in myself. But I don't not. Am I who you say I am or who I say? Because if I'm who you say, then I've never met me. And if I'm who I say, well, then I've got faith like Swiss cheese, so... Who gives a damn what I say? Hmm. Yeah, I really like that one. I mean, it's pretty simple,
2: which most of my stuff is, but I really liked that one because it was like an idea that I was not, definitely not struggling with, but it was, I wanted to kind of just express a bit being in the middle of things. And that to me is what it kind of was. What people, you know, a lot of people want to know stuff about you when they get to meet you. That's kind of where I sit with a lot of stuff. You know, I think it was almost my envy. I'm from a very small town, and so I always had this kind of envy of uh, some of the the people who just had this really, really strong faith in just like everything that they did. Whereas I felt a lot more not as not as firm with with so many things as they did. It was it's really it's really impressive, I think, when I see someone who hmm. who has that ability.
1: I can totally relate to that. I feel like I spent most of my twenties looking for that faith. 100% I was like why do some people just seem to be 100% in like I'm asking too many questions here
2: yeah I, I know some guys who are just and they're the happiest in the world because they choose to be and they can find this job and they'll say yeah they'll they'll do for me and they'll find you know a partner and, and they'll work to the things in the house and they're really they're really good at just being like yes and and keeping up with that is the thing where it's like I can say yes is something but eventually it's just going to like creep in the back of my mind you know not necessarily doubts but just question marks do you
1: feel that your poetry has been a way primarily to sift through figuring out what's true for you or is that only sometimes because it sounds like this last poem is is also a reflection of you trying to figure out where you stand in the world
2: possibly it sometimes uh, reflects things which is nice or it's nice when I have kind of vague ideas that I can't really explain. I'm pretty wishy-washy with a lot of things. Even when I talk, I I can't. I contradict myself a lot, and that's not because I'm not like firm in what I'm saying. It's just that I'm, as soon as I'm saying it, I'm also like, well, I guess I could see the other side of it. And so when I write, it's kind of nice because it feels a little more solid, I guess. And whether or not I'll change my mind on that or or whatever is fine but it feels nice in that moment it's like yeah this is just what this is and i don't really have to say yes mm-hmm. that i can be more confident
1: has that influenced so so this is where i get curious right because you're talking about this poetry and it sounds like it really naturally evolved for you you didn't really go out mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. i'm going to be a poet so it's fairly a natural evolution but then you become quite known for it does it change the way you write was that a battle at any point where now all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, people are reading this.
2: It's been a little bit like that, and I still write to enjoy it. And actually, I've been writing less lately because of that, um, because especially with social media, it's really easy to get caught up in that of like, oh, I got to be doing this um, regularly. Uh, but I still try to keep. I really value my. Indiv. I don't. Maybe individualism is not the right word, but I really value my own voice, um, and so I don't want to compromise it too much for Others, but I will do kind of like a one for me, one for them type situation, but it's always still going to be my words and still going to have my print on it.
1: Interesting, yeah. I was gonna say one for me, one for them. Break that down for me, what does that look like?
2: It's, it, it depends. Sometimes I'll overcorrect, sometimes, where I'll when I write one for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll. I'll put like more swear words in it than I normally would to be like, yeah, I'm not this. But when I, one of the poems that I wrote, I think it was last year, was a request. I would, I'll take requests sometimes and I guess I kind of see what people say and that way I can write something that'll interest somebody, but I can still put my own, usually I like to turn it the opposite way of what they maybe intended. And somebody asked me to write a poem about a girl in love with a constellation, which isn't really, it's a very romantic idea. And I write romantic things, but not always necessarily. I love things always. I mean, I have obviously loved poems and stuff. And so with that poem, I kind of took it as a chance to, I had this, I've always been interested in this idea of like, people who are in love with something or someone, and they don't quite understand them, and they don't quite know them. But as long as they kind of keep their distance, they can be in love with them. And that person can be whoever they want them to be. Or it's like, oh, I imagine myself this person, but I don't really know them. And if I know them, I'm probably going to start seeing the, That were not going to fit at all and so that's that poem ended up kind of being and a lot of people still took it as a a love poem and a lot of people liked that one but um so that was kind of a middle where i wrote it something that i was feeling but you know with somebody in love with the constellation it's just an idea that a lot of people really for some reason wanted to Mm. wanted to hear about
1: yeah well that makes sense do you feel that there is a fullness to your experience around being a poet at the moment that it's it's where you do feel that your artistic voice is best served or are you still looking for your artistic expression
2: that's an interesting question I'm definitely someone who's always kind of looking for more and always kind of I really a big reason why I write or why I do any anything creative is because I like to get reactions out of people and I like to to me it feels like like it's like I've been here. You know what I mean? If I can make somebody either laugh or cry or any type of emotion, then I'm then I feel good. And I feel like the 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 poems and the books have been doing that, but I, I crave more of it. And I, I definitely will keep obviously writing and things like that. But I I get not bored, but you know, what I mean, it, feel, it feels stale sometimes where if I'm like, oh, I wake up and I write and I do this, I do that. So I definitely like have plans to like distract myself in the near future with just different jobs and just different things. I used to do a lot of more visual art, um, like little, like I said, like little videos. Uh, I'd love to mess around with that more in the future, especially because I can do it with doing art without words would be really, really fun as well.
1: I am struck by... The fact that I feel, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that poetry is one of your limbs to that self-expression, but it is only one of the limbs, not perhaps the limb? Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big one. And it's, I don't know, poetry to me is so vague as well, where it can, it can branch out. So I used, I think what I I got my start was when I was writing songs in high school. And a lot of people would say, "Oh, that's technically poetry," and I'm like, "Oh, that's true." And then I would write like little stories, which also to me could be poetry. And so it kind of is like a big blanket that. A lot of my poetry doesn't come from the love of poetry; it comes from like the love of self-expression or um, art and getting you know emotions out of people. And so I've always just enjoyed like poeticness. You know, like you can see a painting and if mm. there's some sort of irony in it or some sort of I don't know, poetic sadness. Um, but there's no words in it. Uh, so I really think, yeah, the poetry can be spread really, really far.
1: Beautiful. What is your, what does your writing process look like right now? Do you have places where you get the idea? It just seems to flow?
2: Yeah, that I think they call it like a flow state, which is pretty nice, especially if I've written a handful of things that I think are okay, but not quite what I'm looking for. So often what I'll do is. For a while, I was just writing every morning and doing that, but that kind of wasn't, I, ch- I changed my approach all the time. And I don't know if that's because I feel like it works or if just because I'm lazy, but like right now I'm in a kind of thing where I'm just taking notes constantly and I'm just doing day-to-day things and I'm going out and I'll, I'll write in my journal um, and do stuff like that. And I'm just waiting until I find it. And it, it comes a lot from conversations I have with people and the things people say, because I don't know if that's what I find really inspiring. You know, because people will say just the best stuff. And it's not like they say a really fantastic line, but I was talking to someone recently and she's a little bit older and she was kind of just talking about like, oh yeah, next year I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to start my walking. I'm going to, you know. And it's kind of stuff I've heard her saying for, for years and years and years, but it's really doing part of her character. And her, like, her eyes are kind of like always in the moral. See, so, yeah, I like that one. I'm going to write that down right now. I can't because, I don't know. So that's kind of how I do it. I kind of just like, Pick up what I can, and I'm just looking.
3: Mm.
1: Do you find, because we just said this flow state, and you're like, you know, I'm always looking for that flow state. When you're in it, how have you identified it for yourself? How do you, have you identified the flow state versus when you're not?
2: Uh, I think it's like, I think you just know it when you're, it's like when you know you're hungry, I think, where it's just, you know, and it kind of creeps up, and it's like, oh, I'm kind of hungry, and I might not, like, know what I want to eat I guess but uh it's it's kind of like that you know it's just a, an emotion or a mood and it'll, it'll kind of sneak up on me like there's definitely times where like I get more into that when I'm walking or you know I'm in the shower usually when there's just some sort of yeah white noise going on but yeah you can kind of just feel it and it is like an environmental thing like if it's raining I'm more likely to sit down and really enjoy what I'm writing or I won't feel I really like it when I Writing is such a funny thing because a lot of people have so many different stances on it where you have to be like writing every day or you just wait until you're in the mood and both are really good and I think both are good practices to kind of have a good balance between.
0: What a lovely man. I really enjoy Trevor. He is thought-provoking and has this like deep wisdom that I hope that you heard because I heard it. I want to read another review that you guys left because they make me so happy, guys. When you write a review, it just lights up my whole life. So thank you to those of you who have reviewed. Again, I know that it takes time out of your day and time is truly the greatest currency of all time. So thank you. It means a lot. Uh, This one comes from Sydney KBB. And she says, the guests have interesting life stories and shared how they stay connected to their inner voice. I love that they have found their own unique practices and as a result, have lives that reflect their dreams and who they really are. I plan to listen in weekly to learn more and as a gentle reminder to myself to stay open to my voice and life path. Thank you for the podcast. Looking forward to the next one. Ah, makes me happy. And it's exactly the point as to why I'm putting these out there. So don't forget guys, share this with a friend if it inspired you and keep listening because truly, 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 when we listen to other people living their dreams, there's a tiny little seed that gets planted inside of you that says, hey, it's possible. This person is a person like me. This person understands or sees the world like me. We're not so separate. We're not so different. They have found it within themselves to honor their inner call and to stand in their power and by goodness you can too. So I am going to cheerlead you on from afar and I hope that you have a wonderful day and I will see you back here next week for part two.